If you take your Bibles tonight and go with me to the book of 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter number 27, 1 Samuel chapter number 27, we'll begin reading here, I'm sorry, back up to verse chapter number 26, 1 Samuel chapter number 26, we'll begin reading in verse number 1, and uh, we're picking up here, I don't know if you remember, but the last time David and Saul were together, uh, Saul had... Uh, gone into a cave and David and his mighty men happened to be in that cave at that time and they were able David was able to sneak up on Saul and clip off the corner of his outer garment and uh, when the coast was clear David uh, waves the piece of garment and makes his point to King Saul that I could have taken your life but I will not raise my hand against the king he says, I'm not going to take matters into my own hands. I'm going to trust God to take care of me. And King Saul, he makes a promise. He says, I won't do this anymore. I'm not going to do that. You're, you're a better man than me. You're a better man. I'm not going to do this anymore. But you won't believe this. But King Saul did not keep his word. And we pick up in chapter number 26. And like has been the case in Saul's life, he is out of control and he's seeking revenge over David in rage and jealousy. We begin to read here in verse 1 of 1 Samuel chapter number 26. And the Ziphites came unto Saul to Gibeah, saying, Doth not David hide himself in the hill of Hakaliah, which is before Jeshimon? Then Saul arose and went down to the wilderness of Ziph having 3,000 chosen men of Israel with him to seek David in the wilderness of Ziph. And Saul pitched in the hill of Hakalah, which is before Jeshimon, by the way, but David abode in the wilderness. And he saw that Saul came after him into the wilderness. David therefore sent out spies and understood that Saul was come in very deed. And David arose. And came to the place where Saul had pitched, and David beheld the place where Saul lay, and Abner, the son of Ner, the captain of the host. And Saul lay in the trench, and the people pitched round about him. Then answered David and said to Ahimelech, the Hittite, and to Abishai, the son of Zeruai, brother of, to Joab, saying, Who will go down with me to Saul to the camp? And Abishai said, I will go down with thee. So David and Abishai came to the people by night. And behold, Saul lay sleeping within the trench, and his spear stuck in the ground at his bolster. But Abner and the people lay round about him. Then said Abishai to David, God hath delivered thine enemy into thine hand this day. Now therefore let me smite him, I pray thee, with the spear, even to the earth at once. And I will not smite him the second time. And David said to Abishai, Destroy him not, for who can stretch forth his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? David said, Furthermore, as the Lord liveth, the Lord shall smite him, or his day shall come to die, or he shall descend into battle and perish. The Lord forbid that I should stretch forth mine hand against the Lord's anointed. But I pray thee, take thou now the spear that is at his bolster and the cruise of water, and let us go. So David took the spear and the cruise of water from Saul's bolster, and they got them away, and no man saw it, nor knew it. Neither awaked, for they were all asleep, because a deep sleep from the Lord was fallen upon them. 
Then David went over to the other side and stood on the top of a hill afar off, a great space being between them. And David cried to the people and to Abner, the son of Ner, saying, Answerest thou not, Abner? Then Abner answered and said, Who art thou that criest to the king? And David said to Abner, Art not thou a valiant man? And who is like to thee in Israel? Wherefore then hast thou not kept thy lord the king? For there came one of the people in to destroy the king thy lord. This thing is not good that thou hast done. As the Lord liveth, ye are worthy to die because ye have not kept your master. The Lord's anointed. And now see where the king's spear is and the cruise of water that was at his bolster. And Saul knew David's voice and said, Is this thy voice, my son David? And David said, It is my voice, my lord, O king. And he said, Wherefore doth my lord thus pursue after his servant? For what have I done, or what evil is in, thy, is in mine hand? Now therefore I pray thee, let my lord the king hear the words of his servant. If the Lord have stirred thee up against me, let him accept an offering. But if they be the children of men, cursed be they before the Lord. For they have driven me out this day from abiding in the inheritance of the Lord, saying, Go serve other gods. Now therefore, let not my blood fall to the earth before the face of the Lord. For the king of Israel has come out to seek a flea, as when one doth hunt, a partridge in the mountains. Then said Saul, I have sinned. Return, my son, David, for I will no more do thee harm, because my soul was precious in thine eyes this day. Behold, I have played the fool and have erred exceedingly. And David answered and said, Behold the king's spear, and let one of the young men come over and fetch it. The Lord rendered to every man his righteousness and his faithfulness, for the Lord delivered thee into my hand today, but I would not stretch forth mine hand against the Lord's anointed. And behold, as thy life was much set by this day in mine eyes, so let my life be much set by in the eyes of the Lord. And let him deliver me out of all tribulation. Then Saul said to David, Blessed be thou, my son David. Thou shalt both do great things. And also shalt still prevail. So David went on his way, and Saul returned to his place. Look with me in verse 20. David speaking. He says, Now therefore, let not my blood fall to the earth before the face of the Lord. For the king of Israel is come out to seek a flea, as when one doth hunt a partridge in the mountains. Now David says, King! What in the world? Earlier, a few verses before this, he says, he says to the king, he's got the king's attention. He's holding his spear in the bottle of water that was right beside him when he was laying fast asleep and God had caused a deep sleep to fall on him. And David has his spear in his water. And he says, king, I could have killed you. He says, if God has sent you to harm me because of some sin. Let me make an offering to God and get forgiveness. But if the men around you have turned you against me, shame on them. Basically, David says, there's no reason, there's no sense 
in the king of Israel pursuing after me, and David says and refers to himself, he says, you are a madman, a king trying to kill a flea. He says, I'm a flea. I'm nothing to you. I have, there's no benefit. There's no reason for you to kill me. He says, I'm a flea. How many of you have ever called yourself a flea? It's a name, a title of respect. And <laughs> No. David says, I'm a flea. In verse number 21, the Bible says, Then said Saul, I have sinned. Return, my son, David, for I will no more do thee harm, because my soul was precious in thine eyes this day. Now, let me ask you a question. That sounds all nice and good. But uh, how many of you think Saul's telling the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help me God? He ain't. I'm pretty sure it says there somewhere, he ain't, just like that. He's not telling the truth. But he says something that is very, very true. Verse 21, he says, Behold, I have played the fool and have erred exceedingly. David gives himself a name. David says, I'm a flea. What are you doing? And Saul gives himself a name too. He says, I've played the fool. So tonight's message is simply titled this, The Flea and the Fool. And so we'll take a minute to look at the lives and this instance, and these instances in the lives of Saul and David. Tonight's message, the flea and the fool. Number one, I want to bring to your attention this. Number one, the fool does not keep his word. A fool does not keep his word. Uh, the Bible says something interesting about a fool. And I, I like this verse. The Bible says, the fool uttereth his whole mind. Have you ever been around somebody, if their mouth is moving, they're most likely telling you a lie? I'm reminded of a story that Jerry, Jerry, Jerry Clower liked to tell. Uh, he, there was one of the Ledbetter boys that was notorious for telling lies. I mean, I think Jerry Clower said he'd rather climb up in a tree and tell you his lies, stay on the ground and tell you the truth. Uh, this kid liked to lie. And one day he ran into the house where his mom was having a group of ladies over for tea and a snack. He runs in the house and he cries out, Mama, there's a lion in the yard. There's a lion in the yard. Oh, it made his mama so mad. What mom didn't know was that the neighbor had just had their collie dog sheared and it looked like the dog had a mane. And the boy runs in the house, there's a lion in the yard. And his mama got all over him, scolding him. He's embarrassed her in front of all of her friends. And he says, now you go upstairs, and I want you to go upstairs, and I want you to pray. And I want you to ask the Lord for forgiveness, for lying. And he said, don't you come down till you know that God has forgiven you and helped you with this, your sin. About 30, 45 minutes pass, and the little boy walks down the steps and looks at his mom, and his mama says, did you pray? Yes, ma'am. The Lord forgive you? Yes, ma'am. The Lord speak to you? Yes, ma'am. Well, what did he say? The Lord told me the first time he saw that dog, he thought it was a lion too. <laughs> uh, lying. A fool utters his whole mind. 
You know, it's easy to fall in the trap, and we talk about dishonesty quite a lot as we preach through the Bible, but it's easy to get in a situation where we justify being dishonest. But I want you to know something. It is a foolish thing to be a man or a woman with a deceitful tongue. Thou shalt not bear false witness. A fool does not use his words wisely. And if ever there was a person in the scriptures that proved to be a fool and he said to himself, I've played the fool. It was Saul in the first four verses, passive scripture. He gets word from the Ziphites that David is hiding out in a wilderness. And so Saul gets up, he goes, he knows that David is elusive and Saul does something that he said he would not do. He gets himself and 3,000 mighty men. He makes his way to try to find David. Fools do not keep their word. Fools utter their whole mind. Fools give no regard to truth and honesty. May God help us to be people unlike the fool. The fool. The fool doesn't keep his word. Number two, the flea. The flea chooses righteousness over revenge. You see, there's a direct contrast here. The first four verses shows us Saul, the fool, not keeping his word. And then the next few verses, verses 5 through 12, show us David, in fact, keeping his promise to God and to Saul that he would not take into his hands the matter of revenge. The Bible says in verse number 5, David arose and came to the place where Saul had pitched. They had a group. They had a big tent. They had their compound where Saul and these 3,000 men were. And David beheld the place where Saul lay. He went from a distance, spied out the land, saw where Saul was going to be sleeping that night. And the Bible says, And Abner, the son of Ner, the captain of his host, and Saul lay in the trench. And the people pitched round about him. That's an interesting word, trench. But there was actually a a way that they protected their king. So you had Saul and Abner right in the middle. And you can imagine that their encampment was like a circle. You had Saul and Abner right in the middle. And 3,000 other soldiers, Israelite soldiers, the encompassing all around them. I'll just tell you, this was a difficult situation to breach, but Saul and David are in the, I'm sorry, Saul and Abner are in the trench. The Bible says in verse number six, then answered David and said to Himelech, the Hittite, and to Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, brother to Joab, saying, Who will go down with me to Saul to the camp? And Abishai said, I will go down with thee. There's a little lesson here in the life of Abishai. Abishai, as far as I can tell, is a nephew of King David. I love the spirit of an Abishai. When there's two people ask who will go, Abishai speaks up and says, I'll go. Abishai says, I'll go. I wonder if you might get into the habit of saying yes to the Lord's calling rather than maybe to the Lord's calling. Maybe you'll get to the place where opportunities arise and instead of figuring out why you can't, you'll figure out how you can. I like the spirit of Abishai and the fact that he says, I'll go down. Verse 7, so David and Abishai came to the people by night and behold, Saul lay sleeping within the trench and his spear stuck in the ground at his bolster, but Abner and the people lay round about him Then said Abishai to David, God hath delivered thine enemy into thine hand this day. Now therefore let me smite him. Now Abishai is well-meaning. He's like, ha-ha, our enemy 
has given us another chance. God has given us another chance. Here we go. God has given him before. What's going on? It's an interesting situation because God is no doubt at work in a big way. There's 3,000 men camped all around the king. And David and Abishai are able to walk right through them. Right to the dead center. Right to where Saul is. And we understand how because of verse number 12. The Bible says verse number 12. So David took the spear and the cruise of water from Saul's bolster, and they got them away, and no man saw it. Really? How? Nor knew it. No one knew it? Really? How? Neither awaked. Really? How? For they were all asleep because a deep sleep from the Lord was falling upon them. There's something that's sweet. At least twice we see in David's life where in times of Need, God proves himself faithful and does amazing things. What does he do? I remember that time in David's life where King Saul has overcome him and David is worshiping the Lord and the Spirit of God falls on all the groups of soldiers that come and they prophesy and worship the Lord and they're so overcome by the Spirit of God that they can't even begin to do any harm to David. And here, they fall into a deep sleep and they can't, Get up. They can't wake up. They can't be alert. They are asleep. His nephew says, here's your chance. You can slay your enemy. As a matter of fact, he says, I'll slay him for you. Look at verse number 8. I think this is pretty neat. The Bible says, Abishai said Abishai to David, God hath delivered thine enemy into thine hand this day. Now therefore let me smite him, I pray thee, with the spear, even to the earth at once. And I will not smite him the second time. Do you know what Abishai says? Abishai says, let me use his own spear and stick him to the ground. He says, I'm going to hit him right. I'm going to hit him so hard that he won't even, I won't ever have to hit him twice. He says, it's going to be a one blow, one and done. He says, I got this, David. I got this. But David does something that the flea does something that the fool would not. The Bible says in verse 9, David said to Abishai, destroy him not. For who can stretch forth his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? David said furthermore, as the Lord liveth, the Lord shall smite him. I like that phrase. The Lord shall smite him. The Lord shall smite him. The Lord shall smite him. Folks, you know what we're tempted to do? We're tempted to play the part of a fool. You know what the fool did? Saul, for years now, Saul has been the fool. And because of his jealousy and rage and envy and unwillingness to repent of his sin and turn to faith in the Lord, for years Saul has sought revenge and would have given anything to be able to kill David. Oh, if I could only kill David. In the end, he doesn't get to kill David. Because the Lord smites Saul. You know what we're tempted to do? We're tempted to have the spirit of a Saul. We want to get even. We want to get our pound of flesh. But that's not God's way. As a matter of fact, it's a very foolish thing to do, to take matters into your own hands. The Lord said, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. Who do you think could do a better job getting even, you or God? I know, God, every time. Oh, Saul, the fool, he just keeps, it, keeps charging. He keeps charging, keeps charging. 
And we see him die miserable, empty. Devastating life. But David, the flea, he said, I'm just a flea. He said, but I'll tell you one thing. This flea don't bite. I'm not going to stab him. I'm not going to kill him. I'm not going to take his life. I'm not going to take matters in my own. And he says, by the way, nephew, you're not either. He says, the Lord will smite him. Folks, God does a better job of getting vengeance than we could ever. You see, the fool doesn't keep his word. The flea chooses righteousness over revenge. He says, we're just going to trust the Lord. The Lord will smite him. God will take care of him. But let's take his spear and his water so he knows. So he knows that we've been here. And that we have respect for his life. Number three. The flea gets his point across. I I like this next little section. Because David makes a very valid point. David is avenged here at this moment and proves that God is mighty and he's on the side of right as opposed to the side of wrong. The flea gets his point across. Look at the Bible says, verse 13, Then David went over to the other side and stood on the top of a hill afar off, a great space being between them. David has the sword and the water in his hand. And David cried to the people and to Abner, the son of Ner, saying, Answerest thou not, Abner? Now, Abner was the number one man in charge of taking care and keeping Saul safe. But Abner was in a deep sleep. Then Abner answered and said, Who art thou that Christ to the king? Verse number 15. David said to Abner, Art not thou a valiant man? Now, David is taunting Abner. I thought, Abner, I thought you were a valiant man. Aren't you a valiant man? He says, And who is like thee in Israel? Don't you pride yourself of being the most valiant man in all of Israel? Wherefore then hast thou not kept the Lord the king? Being the greatest man in your own opinion in the nation of Israel, how is it that you have failed to keep your king safe? People have come to destroy the king, and you have failed at your job. Verse 16. Look what David says. He says, Abner... This thing is not good that thou hast done. I can almost hear David with that little bit of a shamey, shamey, shamey in his voice. This thing you've done, Abner, you've not done well. He says, as a matter of fact, as the Lord liveth, you are worthy to die because ye have not kept your master. The Lord's anointed. And now see where the king's spear is and the cruise of water that was at his bolster. You see where his spear and his bolster are, don't you? There's water is. You see it right here? I got it. And you failed miserably. I, I like this little thing. Now, I don't think that the Lord wants us going about seeking for an opportunity to say nanner, nanner, boo-boo. Uh, you know what I mean, right? To say, <laughs> I told you so. But I'll just tell you something. God gives his people an opportunity when they pursue things righteously for the right reason, to see the right come out on top. There's a verse of Scripture that's helped me so many times. I've quoted it several times tonight. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will. But guess what? There's a payday coming. 
Another verse that's helped me so many times. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter number 2, For so is the will of God, that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Have you ever had somebody that believed something and said something that was completely contrary to who you are and what you are, and you've been completely misunderstood? Have you ever been in a situation like that? It's terrible, isn't it? Have you been in a situation like that and you tried your best to explain your way out of it, but it didn't work? It made it worse. How many of you ever tried to talk your way out of a situation, but the more you talk, the worse it got? How many of you ever been in a situation like that? It happens, doesn't it? Well, the Bible gives us a sweet promise right here. For so is the will of God, that with well-doing, if you just keep doing what's right, with well-doing, if you just keep doing the right thing, if you keep staying the course, for so is the will of God, with well-doing, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Boy, I love that promise, don't you? Guess what happened to David right here? King Saul had had his staff meetings weekly. He'd met with this 3,000 soldiers that at one time, no doubt, had fought valiantly with David as their leader and loved him very much. Then Saul had said all kinds of terrible things and perverse things and wrong things and dishonest things in regards to who David was. And David's character had been maligned before the nation of Israel time and time again. And Saul finally... God, I'm sorry, God finally gave David an opportunity to prove to Saul and that group of men, listen, you see what's in my hand, don't you? You see who's still alive? Who is the valiant, godly, rightful, righteous leader of the nation of Israel now? God gave an opportunity for David to have a standing and a little help, and to get his point across, because that's what God does. The flea gets his point across. The fool doesn't keep his word. The flea chooses righteousness over revenge. The flea gets his point across, and finally, the fool's final words to David are deceit and dishonesty. What's Saul do? How does he bring this to a conclusion? Saul knew, verse 7, David's voice, and said, Is this thy voice, my son David? Calls him his son. Huh, not anymore. Just think about how dishonest this is. What did Saul do at the li- in the last verse of the last chapter we just went through? Verse 44. Saul had given Michael, his daughter, David's wife, to Faulty, the son of Laish, which was at Galim. But what did Saul do? Saul says, oh, my son. He's not his son-in-law anymore. Don't, you, don't forget you gave my wife away. <laughs> Saul's a liar. Saul knew David's voice and said, Is this my voice? Is this thy voice, my son David? And David said, It is my voice, my Lord, O king. He said, Wherefore doth my Lord thus pursue after his servants? David, I mean, Saul in verse 21 says this. He says, I have sinned. Return, my son David. For I will no more do thee harm, because my soul was precious in thine eyes. This day, behold, I have played the fool and have erred exceedingly. What happened? Is that the truth? No. There's more we could say, but I just want you to know something. The fool's final words to David were deceit and dishonesty. Boy, it's no way to live. It's especially no way to die. If we could learn something tonight, it's far better to be a man on the run with his integrity intact than it is to be king with power and servants 
and no character at all. You see, if we can learn from the fool and the flea, we should learn to keep our word. We should learn that God gives vengeance in due season. God causes the righteous to stand. We can trust him. The flea and the fool. Oh, don't play the fool. Have the spirit of a flea like David. You'll be glad you did.